Hey, remember on Friday, Brad Stevens talked for the first time this season? Haven't had the chance to talk about that. We're going to do it right now. Evaluating Joe Mazzula. What does he think about the coach? And evaluating Brad Stevens. What's he saying about his own job? It's all right now on the Locked On Celtics podcast. Be ever ready. Recognize the city of champs. Boston, baby, we do what you can't. Locked on number 18, Tatum and Brown, J team. Step back, we gon' wet that and slay teams. Of course, the Celtics, who else could it be? Screaming like KG with the Larry OB. Corrales above average, assessing the team status. Best daily pod, no cap, salary matching. Clutch like Bird to DJ, keep John on replay. Primetime, dapping up the truth on the sideline. Rainy J's, how it started, raising banners, how we finish. Locked on Celtics pod, home of the winners. B. Hey there, welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics Podcast, right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Where does your team every day, and I'm here for you every day with a free, fresh podcast drop directly to your device if you're a subscriber. So make sure you're subscribed wherever podcasts exist. Also on YouTube, hit the bu- hit the bell there, get notified when shows drop. Join the growing community. It's a great community in the YouTube comment section. I know that does not sound like it makes sense. Those words don't sound right together, but it's actually happening on the Lockdown Celtics YouTube page. So thank you for making this show your first listen every day. I'm John Corrales, former professional basketball player. Now I cover the Celtics for Boston Sports Journal, and I've written a book called The Boston Celtics All-Time All-Stars. Thanks to everyone who bought that book and gave it out as a gift around the holidays. Sold sold me out, so that, that was really unexpected. Also unexpected, Brad Stevens speaking last Friday. Uh, kind of out of the blue, kind of not expecting that one. Um, which is what unexpected means, John. And he had a few things to say to whatever assembled media was there. And we're going to talk a little bit about it. Generally, two kind of main themes here when it came to what he was saying. Uh, one of them was about Joe Mazzula and his job and his growth and all that. And the other part was adding to the team and evaluating the team. To help me out with that, we bring back Tom Westerholm, Tom underscore, underscore boys, right again. How's it going, back, Tom? Baby. We are back. We underscore our underscore back. Let's get it. <laughs> Tom, good Christmas, man. Yeah, man. You know, uh, my uh, my son got uh, tons of Legos. He got uh, some, some Spider-Man books. Um, mm-hmm. So, and he, and he got FIFA. Cause he has a switch. So, um, so we, so we've been getting to nice. you know, the kid, the kid likes soccer. I'm, I'm, I'm becoming something of a soccer man myself. So, uh, <laughs> well, yeah. well, congratulations on all the, uh, Lego injuries. That's going to be a fun time for you. <laughs> it will. Stepping on, stepping I, on random Legos. Dude, I'm going to step on Bob on Boba Fett's ship and I'm going to be pissed about yeah, it. Yeah. So, so at yeah. least, you know, going in. Yeah. Which, is, which is more than we knew about Brad Stevens talking to the media, which, uh, like I said, came out of the blue. But he had a few interesting things to say. Let's start with his uh, his takes on Joe Missoula. And and uh, any I don't know. Let's I think what stood out to me. I think everybody wants to talk about like the timeouts. And <laughs> and so he says, yeah, he's going to learn all that, you know. And, and so he he basically was like. Yeah, he he's got to learn. He's going to learn how to manage the game, and uh, I thought I thought it was kind of funny that for a guy, everybody talks about. Well, he Joe is very Brad like in his timeout usage. Brad is very much like, okay, yeah, but I think there's a little bit more. There's a little timeout of, uh, evolution going on here, and even Jason Tatum 
the other night kind of raised an eyebrow or two when he said, you know, hey, we're talking about getting back on track. And he says, well, that's what timeouts are for. And that's what (laughs) halftime is for. And I don't think he meant it, but as a a shot at Joe, but it kind of comes off as, well, yeah, that is what timeouts are for. Hey, Joe, did you hear that? That's what timeouts are for. So interesting comments there. It was. I mean, it was very funny because Brad had every opportunity within that to be like, yeah, I mean, it's a very creative idea, you know, and I like what it does to, uh, you know, kind of give these guys the, you know, kind of the the um, the permission to figure things out for themselves. And it, he had every opportunity to say all that stuff. And he did not. What he said is, <laughs> yeah, he'll learn all that. <laughs> it was yeah. like, okay. <laughs> like, and look, here's the thing. Like, if if this if this strategy that Joe has for timeouts, if it works, it's on Joe to prove that, right? It's on Missoula and it's on the Celtics. It's on the results to like to come through. And if they don't, then yeah, like Joe will learn all that. Um, and so you know, it's not Brad's job to to defend him on that. It's uh, it's it's Brad's job to evaluate. Hey, is this helping us win games? And I yeah. think that's yet to be determined. But you know, <laughs> like I, I I I see the thought process that Joe has and. Uh, Sure. Hmm. Let's see. Sure. Well, I mean, as, as I said in last night's post game podcast, you know, we get we get on Joe for not calling the timeouts when we all think because I think most of us have this internal kind of clock where we see there's like I feel like there's kind of like three stages of okay, hmm, I don't like the way this is going. Oh, they've scored again. If they score again, he, oh, okay, here it is. Timeout. Boom. Like you've got that three stage buildup. And when he felt rhythm, there's a rhythm to it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so when, when he doesn't follow that rhythm, you're like, uh, hello, where? I don't know this dance. What are we doing? This is, yeah, right, 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 right. It's, they've changed, they've changed the tempo. You're like, wait a second, I'm off. Like, well, what, what are we supposed to do here? Am I, uh, sorry, dance with somebody? What do I do? Uh, but to be fair, we latch onto that. But look at the fourth quarter of last night where Mike Budenholzer called a timeout. So, uh, fourth quarter, uh, Milwaukee goes on a quick little 5 0. Celtics answer 5-0. Budenholzer calls a timeout. Giannis comes out and misses. Celtics score the next two buckets. So what did that timeout do for Milwaukee, really? And I've said this, I think, on the podcast probably a couple times at this point. I don't think either side of the argument should win. I think there's there's a middle ground where we should exist. Where sometimes, yeah, you know what, guys? It's too early for this. It's 11-4 right off the bat. I'm not, I'm not doing this in the first quarter. You guys figure it out. But later on, maybe there is a stretch where it's like, okay, we, we, we've got four timeouts going into the fourth quarter. Let's use a couple. Let's use one. Let's use two. Maybe it's because guys are tired. Maybe, And he has done that in the past. I think he did it in the Minnesota game where it, it kind of worked, I think. So, but more than the timeouts, I think what Brad was talking about is kind of just in general, like we latch onto the timeouts, but I think timeouts have meant, have come to mean more than just stopping the clock and getting guys reorganized. I think timeouts have just become kind of code for Joe, the rookie coach, figuring things out. 
Yeah, I think that's accurate. I, I do want to just uh, real quick. I just looked it up uh, per synergy. The Celtics in the half court after timeouts are a uh, 97th percentile league wide. Oh. So they're pretty good after timeouts. Uh, so, you know, there's that. They're flexing one way or the other. Hey, you know what? Side note, as a you know, if we're if we're doing uh, kind of like a pumping up your brand, building your brand, brand strategy. When you call a timeout and you're that effective, maybe you should call more timeouts and people will start talking about your ATOs rather yeah. than you. I mean, yeah. come on, Joe, you're campaigning for coach of the year, which I know is the furthest thing from the truth. This is a joke, but you're hey. dude, you're campaigning for head for head coach. Yes. You're campaigning for your job that you're currently. Yeah. Yeah. Doing. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I mean, literally like, yeah, yeah. Build up your stats, bump up your, uh, bump up your resume here. Um, yeah, I mean, look, like timeouts are weird, right? Because like, you know, the other the other thing is true too, right? Like sometimes we see the Celtics go on a run and the other team doesn't call a timeout, and then sometimes you see guys taking like heat checks. Like sometimes if the other if the yeah. team gets on a run, you do a heat check and it's like, and then it misses, and then the momentum just dissipates anyway. Right. Like right. Like the, Marcus, we didn't need that shot right there. That type of moment. Yeah. Sometimes Jalen, we didn't need that shot right yeah. there. Like right, right, right. You know right. these guys do that because like because you're feeling it right like you feel the uh you know you can feel the other team slipping you can feel the crowd starting to get into it or the crowd getting real quiet you know whatever you know whether you're on the road or or, or at home like like momentum like things don't generally with the exception of that one game against the 76ers last season momentum doesn't just kind of like keep going up and up yeah definitely yeah. like that, that doesn't happen in the nba so it's like like we always attribute the end of that momentum to timeouts. I think partly because we see a stoppage, but like, I don't know that that's always necessarily the case. Right. That's it. It's, I think we have been conditioned to a certain, like you said before, a certain rhythm in the game and anything that breaks that rhythm feels odd. Yeah. And if it feels odd, then it must be wrong. And it's not always wrong. Um, Brad said some other interesting things about Joe Missoula, uh, including the 20, 20 game increments, which is interesting that he breaks things up like that and how Brad, Brad says he doesn't look at the game the same way everybody else does and how that impacts how he's going to add to this roster. There's a rhythm to these podcasts. I feel like we're about to take a break. You're so smart. Yeah, we are going to take a break. Today's show is brought to you by Prize Picks Daily Fantasy. Fun and easy and so cool because you're not playing against other people. You're not playing against some expert who's got 10 computer towers crunching numbers and, and you just don't have a shot. It's you, it's their projections, the over-unders, and you can pick a ton of over-unders. For example, uh, I'm just going to hop onto Prize Picks right now and take a look at all of the options that are available uh, in the NBA. If you just wanted to take points or rebounds, um, you can. I can look at Joel Embiid over under 31 and a half points. Uh, I can pick any number of stats in the NBA. I can also go to the NFL, or I can go to college football, or I can go to NHL or soccer. Australian national basketball, you can go on and on and on and mix and match. And the best part about prize picks is you pick two to six players, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less, super easy, safe and fast withdrawals. 
currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. So download the PrizePix app or go to prizepix.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can get a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. So if you deposit 100, you get 100. If you deposit 50, you get 50. Don't forget to enter the promo code locked on at sign up for an instant deposit match of up to $100. Hey, thanks for making Locked On Celtics your first listen every day. Why not make your second listen Locked On Sports today? Get all the big news, all the big stories across the sports world with insight that you cannot get anywhere else from the local Locked On experts, local hosts. Find Locked On Sports today. Simple 22-minute podcast. Wherever you get your podcasts, it's also on YouTube. Let's bring Tom underscore NBA back in to continue the conversation about Joe Missoula and what Brad Stevens said about Joe. And I thought it was interesting when he was asked about evaluating Joe. He says, first of all, it's been really good. So he has very glowing things to say. Uh, and he said, you know, every 20 games that you coach in the NBA, you're just getting better and better. And I think it's interesting that you have the 20 game in- increments. There are basically four points during the course of the season that you start to get better. And a lot of a lot of things when it comes to Joe and people comparing him to maybe Ime Udoka. <laughs> I saw somebody on Twitter saying, oh, if we had Ime Udoka, we wouldn't be losing to teams under 500. Like last season didn't exist. And Ime went through the same learning curve, just different. He comes out and he was just a little bit more direct and a little bit more biting with his commentary to the media. So Joe's not not like that person, but I think it's interesting that Brad is looking at, okay, here's the 20 games. Here's what we see. And after 20 games, Celtics were pretty good. Great offense. Defense was eh. Now the defense is starting to come along. So I think generally the evaluation is, I think Joe's in, in line for, I think, a positive evaluation, I guess, at the end of the year. Yeah, I thought it was really interesting that Brad said they basically hadn't talked about Joe's status at all, like that they just don't touch on that. And I understand that a big part of that is just like, hey, Joe, you know, you're expected to coach this team. Like your job this year is to be the interim head coach, and it's basically a tryout. And probably at the end of the season, assuming nothing too crazy goes wrong, we'll talk about where this goes from here. But I, I, I it is, it's interesting because like, you know, like, like let's say you're going to ask for a raise, right? When is the best time to ask for a raise? Is like right after you do like your the best project at your job, yeah, yeah. or you know, in, in our profession, you know. Um, don't ask for a raise because, you know, you're not getting one in our profession. But, um, you know, <laughs> like like right after, like right when things are going well is when you're really like, that's when you have the leverage. And it's like, eh, I wonder if, I, like, I assume that Joe in his interim tag probably didn't approach Brad when they were, uh, you know, when they were, I don't know, like plus 400 in their net rating or whatever. <laughs> I assume that that wasn't the time that he, that he went to Brad. But, um, you know, like, the the evolution of an NBA coach that that Stevens is talking about is, is really interesting to me because like that's kind of the greatest challenge of the NBA I think you know like everybody has film on everybody everybody is stealing things from everybody else like I think that's why you sometimes see guys come into the league and look really good at the start and then you know like you get like people figure you out just ask Sam Hauser right like on on the playing side like. This dude, like, he was open all the time, and he was nailing every single three, and now he has to evolve. Now the Celtics have yeah. to evolve in how they use him. And the same thing is true of coaches, right? Like, Missoula comes out, and yeah, he got a big boost from the Celtics shooting, like, you know, 70% from three for the first 20 games of the season. But, like, also, like, he was doing a really good job. 
but people get film on you and once they get film on you like all that kind of like that 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 you know first time out of the gate like nobody knows what to do with you now they do and now it's on you as the head coach to be better and to and to and to continue to do that um i think i don't remember exactly the phrase that Brad used but it was something like you know if you don't uh you know if you can't keep evolving you die in this league mm-hmm. and that's i mean that like it made me wonder if that's one of the reasons incidentally that Brad wanted to quit because that Brad wanted to be a front office guy. Cause like, you know, building a team, that's a lot different than just like, um, you know, than just like evolve or die. Like that's, that's yeah. insane <laughs> pressure. That's, that's unbelievable to, that people do that for a long period of time. So, um, you know, I think like Brad said, over the next 20 games, I think we'll learn a lot about who Joe Missoula is as a coach and what he can do with this team. Because yeah, the initial book is out on the Celtics. People know kind of what they are, what they do. And now we're going to see the next one. And you know what? The early returns after a little slip up there are pretty good. They've won two in a row. Let's see where this goes. Like, I, I think that's, uh, you know, yeah. evolve or die. Missoula has evolved past the first stage. Congratulations, Joe. Yes. You're so, not dead. So <laughs> challenge number one is get your guys to stick with it. And when they lose it, can they get it back? And so... Here we are. They lost it. They got it back. Um, yeah, exactly. And, they, and, and you know, he he has a, a, a different approach. I brought up Ime before. He definitely has a different approach than Ime da, did in the in the media. But he he stuck with he stuck with his guys and he said, Hey, look, like for example, we played great in the Orlando game. You know, we 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 really played great for most of this game. We just, you know, couldn't hit any shots. And you sit there and you say, well, you know, that maybe, but yeah. he, he stuck by that. And I thought it was interesting that, that Brad said, you can, you can blame shooting variants for that skid that they were on, but I don't, I think the public message that, that Joe was putting out that shooting variants was a big deal. Brad came out and was like, yeah, yes. But if you only say it's shooting variants, then, mm, because we should be getting an extra layup per half. Yep. And they came out against Minnesota and were like, okay, yeah, layups. We're, we'll get you some layups if you want. And I think the my big takeaway after that game was, hey, if you attack, things go well. You attacked early and went well. You got away from attacking, it sucked. And you got back to attacking and it went well again. That's the message to me. And so I think, I think the I, – I, I will also – as I, as I, like, you can hear the screeching in my head as the thoughts like stop and start. I will also say that Joe, what he says to us publicly is not necessarily what he says privately. Right. He can talk to us about shooting variants all he wants. I'm sure in private, he's not just saying, Hey guys, you only miss shots, but publicly, I think sticking with his guys and keeping them pumped up in public in the media was something that he felt like that's the approach that he needs. Uh, and when they play well, he will sit there and say, well, we didn't do these things. And when they play poorly, he'll say, hey, we did these things well. So I think he's trying to be the rudder. When things are great, you, you bring them down. When things are down, you bring them up to keep it in the middle. And I think that's generally where Joe Missoula kind of likes to live, right in that middle ground. And, and, that, and that's fine. It is. And I think, that I, look, 
that is very Brad Stevens of him, right? Like very. never too high, never too low. And I, I think one of the things we're seeing in within that that is a little different than Brad, but is is like a, I think a smart thing. Like the Celtics are very encouraging of each other, and they they have this like it, like I've noticed that this this team is like very very kind to themselves and to each other when yeah. they're losing. Like we're not hearing like a lot of like you know Marcus Smart is not throwing chairs or anything like yeah. that. Like, like we heard He's not the saying everybody needs to pass more. No, no, it's very different. It's this like, you know, we need to be kind to each other because nobody else is going to when we're going through this. And I think a lot of that comes from Missoula. Like we're seeing him kind of like, like there seems to be sort of this real emphasis on like, you know, when they're down, you know, everybody else is going to be plenty mean to you guys. I don't need to do that. You know, like it, it sort of seems like it's this kind of like, all right, let's, 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 let's bring the mood up a little bit. Let's like keep everybody kind of, cognizant of okay this is a small blip within you know like within a bigger picture that we're trying to paint here and kind of move along with it and now and you know i think obviously the other end also needs to be true of that like when you are shooting 70 percent from three you know you do kind of need to have that understanding that like okay at some point this is going to level out and the numbers are going to look a lot more normal and that leveling out is going to be kind of painful but like it you know i do think that like missoula has done a good job of when things are kind of down just kind of like keeping everybody kind of level and keeping everybody, um, you know, uh, yeah. Like from throwing chairs, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Stop throwing chairs. Um, I, I, I think that that's, that's all true. When, when, a, when a team takes on the personality of the coach, then you know that they're listening to the coach. Yeah. Um, that's, I think you, people can relate, when, when you're in any kind of relationship, you tend to take on some of the mannerisms, some of the, you know, the, the little foibles of the, the partner that you, you, you tend to kind of become one another a little bit. And that's part of what, what we're seeing here with the Celtics. And I do think there's a, a real positivity. I think I, I say in the, when we look at the 20 games, they, the first 20 games were great, but there's definitely stuff to learn. The second 20 games, I think it was great that they had that uh, adversity and now fighting through that is going to be important. And now they're heading into January. These are the doldrums. You're about to head on to a four, yep. four day road trip. It's not a great road trip. January is going to be kind of a weird schedule. The whole schedule is weird. Going through everything that they've gone through and understanding what has worked, why things haven't worked and, and Joe's attention to detail. His philosophy that the details matter is, is going to be what pulls this team through. And it's, it's going to be what they're going to rely on when the playoffs come around. It's going to be uh, if we look at the results, when we focus on the tiny details, those have all added up to wins and, and stretches of good play. When we have not focused on the details, here is all of your evidence, and there's plenty of it already this season. It's not – you're not going to get anything. You guys are going to suck. You're going to have stretches where you suck because you're not paying attention to the details. So my I, I can see where Brad's going with this, and I think the evaluation of Joe – and my, my last thing I say before I take a break here, the interim tag still being on Joe is not a reflection of the job that he's doing. Right. I It's just a – uh, literally it is a legal thing. If you remove the interim tag, you have to make him the head coach. 
If you make him the head coach, you got to fire Ime Udoka, and they have not fired Ime Udoka for a reason. And it's not because they think he can come back. It's because there's still legal issues in play, and he has to remain employed by the Celtics for all of that stuff to be hashed out. So until then, Joe remains the interim tag. Now, unfortunately, until then, this still remains an audition in some ways. Because as long as he is the interim, and I can sit here and say they plan on making him the head coach because they don't want to add another voice and have next, next training camp be another adjustment. They want him to succeed. There is always, as long as he is the interim, the, you know, there's always a chance that something could go wrong. So, but for now, he's the interim for a specific reason and has nothing to do with his performance. We'll wrap it up there for the Joe Mazzullo talk. We're going to come back in a second to talk about the team building talk and the team enhancing talk and what Brad Stevens says, hey, this is my job, but it's about what's a blip and what's real. And we're going to talk about that in just a moment. First, today's show is brought to you by betonline.net, your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. It's all there. Anytime you want to lay some money down on a game, this is fun. If you do it responsibly, it's fun. You can go to betonline.net, get the latest odds, trends for every professional or amateur league out there. You obviously have football. It's just big. It's the number one betting thing out there. It's uh, pro football, NFL playoffs are coming up. College bowl season is, is right upon us. Obviously, there's basketball and more. And obviously, they have, uh, if you love sports podcasts, they have spot, sports podcasts there at Bet Online. It's the fastest and easiest way to get all your betting information. Head on over to betonline.net. You can do it right on your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online is where the game starts. Again, please gamble responsibly. Tom, uh, part two of this uh, really, uh, really only two parts. The, the only other things that he talked about was. You know, Malcolm Brogdon. Hey, Malcolm Brogdon is great. Uh, and uh, what else What else was there? It, there wasn't anything necessarily out there. Oh, the team chemistry. Team chemistry is good. We have good guys. We have high-quality guys. Okay, that's nice. But Brad Stevens is the president of bas- basketball operations. And he was asked directly, would he be open to adding anybody uh, to this roster? And he says, yeah, sure. That's my job. And the the biggest thing there is, I've got to be able to sift through what's a blip and what's real. And he says that he remember he said this before the Minnesota Timberwolves game. Celtics have since won two games in a row. So they have to look at that six games, that six six game stretch, you lose five of six, blip or real. And it'll be very interesting to see what does Brad Stevens take from that? What's the blip? What's real? Is Sam Hauser Hey man, you and I sat here and redraft, redrafted Sam Hauser's draft, and we were feeling really good about putting him up in the first round. And now he's still Tom want to put him up. Blip. I think it's a blip. It's a blip. All right. So is that a blip? Is it real? Tom says blip. blip. He's going, he's leaning. He's going all in, man. His chips, he's you got at this point, you gotta go all in. Push those suckers all in. Uh, but what else? What else in this? They're, they have to evaluate because the blip or real determines who sticks around and who doesn't via trade or being cut because 
They they're they've got a full roster. They have no they have no roster spots. If you see just a random, hey, look, Justin Jackson just got traded to the Oklahoma City Thunder for a fake second round pick, and that's it. Hmm, that's an interesting move. Then <laughs> you know something's coming because you don't just open up a roster spot for nothing. They're already in the tax. They're not trying to save any money. So, Tom, what do you make of the blipper reel comment? Well, I thought it was interesting. I, you know, when you, when you, like, I don't think that Brad really wants to do much with this team. Like, you know, you actually, you brought up in passing his comments about, like, you know, the camaraderie and the togetherness and all this stuff. You know, he said, like, you know, the best players do a good job of making sure everybody feels good. Um, you know, like, these are, these are things that a team that you want to get, that you want to keep together does, right? Like, cause yeah. it's this, the Celtics team is the number one team in the East. They like, yes, they had this little slip. Um, and look, like if, if I'm Brad Stevens, I'm really glad that there's a lot of time left before the trade deadline. Cause you actually get to, you actually get to look at a five game, six game stretch where things didn't go very well. And you get to decide, was this a blip or is this, you know, something that might derail us in the playoffs? Like, do we need to, you know, add something to, I don't know, ensure that, uh, ensure that the offense doesn't fall off, something like that. So Whatever the case may be, I don't think Brad wants to do very much with it. But I do think it's interesting. You know, you look at last year, blip versus real. Brad had the toughest version of this last season yeah. because it was like that like nine game stretch before the trade deadline when they rattled off a bunch of wins in a row. It was like Brad yeah. really had to look at that and be like blip or real because like if it's a blip, not doing anything at the trade deadline was going to be super costly. Um, yeah. But like you know, he evaluated it correctly. He did, he did well with it. And I think, you know, what we're seeing right now is the result of making all those good decisions based on blip or real. Like we're seeing like Derek white is a good addition to this team. You know, I, I think him shooting 45% from three was probably a blip, but so was him shooting 18%. And if you kind of meet those yeah. in the middle and you go like 36, 37, that's a very effective player given what Derek white does, you know, like, I think if, if I'm right that Sam Hauser's like, that's one where it's like, hey, uh, like, I think it's a blip. But look, man, if it's not, that's a spot. That's a spot you might need to upgrade. Like, you know, like that's that's one. Right. Like, let's see what he does over the next couple of months, because you didn't bring him in to miss shots. Like you no, right. To, no, right. to make them like you got to make them. That's the one thing that you really yeah. have to do if you're Sam Hauser. Like those are the kind of blip kind of conversations that I mean, obviously everybody knows Brad Stevens is not really um, evaluating the Trey Young market, right? Like those are not the conversations that right. we are having anymore. We are now having conversations about the Sam Hausers and the Justin Jacksons and the Peyton Pritchards. Like those are the guys right. we're talking about now. So blip versus real. I do think that like it is smaller stakes than it was last year when it was the biggest stakes blip versus real that you could imagine. Yeah. I mean, it, that, that's a good point that, that last year kind of showed uh, Brad's, we just talked about evaluating Joe Missoula, evaluating Brad Stevens in this role. He's done, he's done fairly well. I mean, everything he's done has kind of come up, come up roses I, yeah. in, in, in some form or other. I don't think he could have anticipated Ime Udoka doing whatever he did. I mean, okay. So, but that, that was, that was a, I'll still say it was a good hire is as far as on the court stuff, the off the court stuff, 
I don't know if anybody could have seen that coming, but that's besides the point. You adjust, you go to Joe Missoula. I think that was actually a pretty good pivot. Um, you could have said if they had known early enough, they could have tried maybe to say, hey, you know what? We want to give this to Will Hardy, and we could have had Will Hardy. Maybe Joe Missoula would be going out to Utah as their head coach. It sure and, sounds like it, right? Because Danny Ainge keeps talking about how much he wanted that dude. Yes, he can, right. So you can say, oh, we could have had Will Hardy. But like, yeah, sure. And Will Hardy might have gone through some of the similar stuff. First of all, by the way, anybody who's saying, yeah, we could have had Will Hardy, the Celtics are still the best team in the NBA. Yeah. They are currently number one in the league. So, <laughs> I mean, there's after, that. After things leveled off, incidentally. like after, Right. The variance went down school. again, and they're still number one. Like it'll be you okay. lost five of six games, and you're still number one. Yeah, and so you shot like twenty two percent from three, and you're still number one. <laughs> right, right. You know, so you know every team goes through it. Milwaukee is going through the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and people get so focused on, oh my god, we lost to the Warriors. Look at, we can't beat the Warriors. The Warriors may not even make the playoffs at this rate. <laughs> the way they're going, but I mean, they they went off and lost a bunch after that. The, oh my god, Milwaukee, Milwaukee jumped into first place. Milwaukee is like having what happened to Giannis? Giannis is not being completely Giannis. Chris Middleton is he ever going to get healthy again? Right. So there's there's a lot of stuff going on. Can't can't worry about all that stuff. But as far as Brad goes, the evaluation of this team, it's, it's, you, you got to be a little bit more precise than like last year. I do think there was a little bit as more obvious in, in last year's team. Trading Dennis Schroeder was obvious. Yeah. He was really like, oh my God, why is he even playing? So, that was right there. And Josh Richardson, you know, you say, okay, he was playing well, but you say, okay, I, I, I can see that. You get Derek White, he, you can tell right away he's, he's more the type of player the Celtics needed. This year, you have to be a little bit more precise. It's a little bit more surgical because, okay, you're, you can say Peyton Pritchard, maybe it's Sam Hauser. Maybe it's a couple of those guys at the end of the bench. <laughs> you see your face just move. Oh, just, I get Oh, God, no. Okay, but whatever it is, whatever it is, you like you to your point, you can't upset the apple cart. You can't just bring in, okay, Celtics need a big man. Can't just bring in Boogie Cousins, right? Like, aside from the fact that there's a reason why he's not even on anybody's team at this point, you can't just bring in a guy like that that's kind of been a malcontent. You can't just bring in Dwight Howard and say, yeah, yeah, Dwight, like he's doing whatever he's doing. He, for, for a couple of months, he'd be fine. Like, not, no, not with this mix, not with what the Celtics are trying to do. You got to be careful about throwing off the balance of this team yeah. with whatever move you make. So maybe the move is nothing. Maybe there is something. Maybe it's minor. But whatever, even a minor move, you just got to make sure that the guy that you get it's not coming in and disrupting things because a guy like a Tristan Thompson, I think, came in here and was a million percent toxic for yep. this team. And these guys might still like Tristan, but I think he was a bad mix for this team. And his attitude was wrong for this team. Can't have that. Not even nope. in a minor, minor role. Nope. Nope. You just, you can't. I, this is, that's what I mean. I think, I don't think Brad wants to do a, a thing on this team. I don't 
Because, like, let's say that you could improve your Peyton Pritchard spot a little bit. You don't know what that's going to do. Like, Blake Griffin likes Peyton Pritchard. Jalen Brown likes Peyton Pritchard. And it's just, like, on this team, that matters. Like, there's so much going right for this team right now that you just don't want to mess with that. And, like, like you know, it's it, it is kind of this situation where they're all gassing each other up a little bit, and that's a good thing. Like that's you know, these guys all saying to each other like, "Hey, it's okay if we have little slumps because we're gonna get out of it." Like, like if you trade somebody, you're like you're almost throwing off that little bit of balance, right? Like you're almost saying like, eh, "I don't think that guy was gonna bring out out of it," but mm-hmm. like you guys all will. Don't worry. Like you, that doesn't work. Like this team, this unit, like it's good enough to do what the Celtics want to do. Or at least it looks like it is. And yeah. you have to just go for it, I think. I, I don't think, you know, I don't think Brad wants to do anything. I don't think the Celtics want him to do anything. I don't think anything's going to happen. Like, I think Brad did his work during the offseason. Yeah. And we're just going to see what it does. And I, I tend to that agree. That makes sense. Yeah. Let me throw it. Let me just, why not make this podcast even longer? Let's do it. Uh, <laughs> we knew just it was want- going to go long. We called it before. Yeah. My, 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 I just want to throw one little tiny thing. Cause you mentioned Peyton Pritchard and, and not trading him, you know, for all the, I want to throw one scenario where trading Peyton Pritchard would actually make the team happy. Uh, the guys in the locker room happy would be what if Brad traded him to a spot where he was going to get 20, 30 minutes a game and show what he's had. I think the guys in the locker room, if Brad went into the locker room and said, Hey guys, I just traded Peyton Pritchard because he wasn't getting an opportunity here. I'm letting him get his chance in, I don't know, pick a team, you know, Indiana or wherever. Pick a team. And, you know, they they said that they they called us about him. He's going to get an opportunity there. We know that he's not getting the opportunity here. We decided to to do what's best for him and his career. And I think the guys on the team would be like, you know what? Good for you. Actually, yep. we respect that you did that for one of our guys because that's going to give Peyton Pritchard money if he can earn a new contract. That's going to give him opportunity to show what he can do. And I think all the guys in the locker room understand that it's a business. And I think if they could do that for for Pritchard, that might actually gain a level of appreciation. Yeah, for sure. That That's a scenario where it does make sense, obviously. And like, look... My point was more just like you're not gonna you're not gonna try to trade Peyton Pritchard for oh, slightly I know better Peyton, Peyton Pritchard, you know. But like, totally. Like if you're if you're trying to do something, because I mean, look, one of the things that we're hearing from a lot of guys this season is like, man, I'm glad I play for this organization. I mean, how, <laughs> yeah, often, yeah. how often have we heard Blake say that this year? Like yeah. that that dude is ecstatic. <laughs> yeah, like. Blake Griffin is ecstatic not to be playing for the Brooklyn Nets anymore. And uh, <laughs> like there are, and there are teams like that. And these guys know that now, like they're, they're hearing that. So like to hammer that home, to be like, Hey Peyton, we, we traded you to a team where you got a real shot. Yeah, for sure. That makes sense. But I, I just think like in terms of improving the team, in terms of like trying to make this team better by like switching stuff around, that's not a this year project. That was a last year thing and it went very well. And here we are at least so yeah. far. Let's evaluate so. it in 20 games. Along right, right. 20 over. more games, you never know. The middle of January, games. who knows what, what, what it could bring. But I agree with you. I think I think it, it really is on the guys. They've shown at their best what they're capable of. It's up to the guys to continue to play at their best. Or play, like I said before, keep that attention to the details 
that gives you the best chance at playing your best. It's not going to happen every night, but as long as those little slip-ups are minor, then you can live with that. So yeah. agreed. it's agreed. on the guys. It's on the guys. It's on Joe. So I agree. I, I don't think the Celtics will be very active. Um, but hey, who knows? It could be could be a smokescreen. Could be could be a surprise. Try young. Home. You heard it here first. <laughs> All right, Tom Westerholm. Appreciate you coming on, my man. As you knock your camera all over the place. There he goes. Tom's having technical difficulties right at the end. So I'm going to wrap up the show. It was good timing because I'm ready to wrap up the show anyway. So thanks for uh, watching. Thanks for listening. I know we went a little bit long, but uh, yeah, a little extra, little extra podcast for you on a Tuesday. So it's a daily podcast, Monday through Friday. Bonus podcasts on the weekends when they play. There's plenty of plenty of weekend games coming up in January, so bonus bonus podcasts all around. More work for me, uh, which I love doing. It's not even really work. I love that you have chosen to make this podcast part of your Celtics experience. I just love being part of it. So I'm joking. Uh, I really love doing these, and I hope you love listening to them. I hope you love listening to them enough to subscribe. And if you are subscribed, I hope you love listening to them enough to share and spread the word that people should be listening to and watching the Lockdown Celtics podcast right here on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.